You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome back. Welcome to a fresh week, and I'm so glad that you're here and that you are spending this time with me today, and I'm thrilled to share the work of my two guests today. Yes, I have a couple on. Their names are Megan and Casey Caston, and they are the founders of Marriage 365, and we are talking all about marriage, all about intimacy, all about closeness, all about separation, all of the things that go into having a long-term relationship. And I think one of the most important parts that we talk about is that it's very common, you know, when you've been married for a while to not feel like you're really connected anymore. You get thrown into the mundane. And so how do you break out of that? How do you get close? How do you have a marriage that you're excited about, that you're that you're really into? Um, and I think this is a topic that really not that many people are talking about. And I think it's because everyone wants to feel like they've got it all figured out and they've got, you know, their ducks in a row. And this show is all about breaking down those barriers that, that we can all improve, that we can all heal, that we can all be happy. And so that's why I'm so thrilled that Megan and Casey are on to share their experience, their raw and authentic truth, and and just all of the work that they're doing in the world to help other couples heal and really have their best uh, relationship experience that they can. So um, I hope you love this episode. If you do, please leave us a review. Please share it with a friend. Uh, tag us on your Instagram stories. I love it when you guys do that. And uh, enjoy my episode with the Castens. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic, natural, USA-grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you, the mother, battle stress and anxiety naturally. And I'm excited to announce we just added two new CBD oils to the lineup. One is a 500 milligram natural flavor, and the other one, my personal favorite, is a peppermint flavor, and it is so delicious. It is so good, and it's going to leave you feeling calm, cool, and relaxed for your day. So head over to motherhoodunstressed.com and get yours today. Well, hello, both of you. I'm so excited to have two guests, two amazing guests on my show today. Thank you so much for taking the time and being able to to come together to have this important conversation on marriage and happiness. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> um, so I love talking to, I, I consider you pros in the business. You know, you're, you're out there, you've got your image, you've got your message strong, your mission Take us back. Take us to the origin story of Marriage 365. How did this all begin? How did this become your platform in the world? (laughs) Well, it's kind of born out of all the mistakes that we made. Uh, Getting married, you know, dating was super easy. And we just thought love was going to win out for us. We didn't really have a strategy for being married. We just thought it was going to be all the thrills of dating. And that quickly (laughs) was a a scary reality we were faced with. And by year three, we hated each other. Like it was screaming matches. It was unforgiveness and bitterness and anger. And, you know, we had to take some courageous steps. We had to confront like if we're willing to actually divorce by year three and our journey to healing. It took a little bit longer than three years to recover. And, uh, you know, we started watching all of our friends got married at about the same time we did and they were all divorcing. Mm. And even when we started to become healthy, a lot of our friends came up to us and said, wait, we knew how messy you guys were. I mean, it was, it was a shit show. (laughs) And, now you guys are 
loving life. You're doing really well. You're happy. You're joy-filled. And so they were asking us how we were doing that. And uh, there came a, a point where we also had to make um, some courageous choices. Are we willing to tell our story? I mean, it was stories of screaming matches and stories of shame. You know, you don't mm-hmm. want to get out and just tell that to the world. But when we did in private conversations, we saw hope inspired. And then that gave us like a little bit more courage to say, well, why don't we tell a little bit more of our story? And then that we take that online and people really started to connect with, I think the fact that we were willing to be open about how messy it was. And I think too, that when we were getting help for our marriage, you know, there's, there's a couple categories when you're trying to get help, there's therapy, which is incredible. But the reality is, is most people can't afford ongoing weekly therapy. It's very expensive. Mm -hmm. We're very pro therapy. If you can afford it, phenomenal, but we couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, some different kinds of therapy, uh, not therapies, um, resources where it's for a specific religious organization. So what if you don't believe in that religion or what if one of you does and one of you doesn't? Um, and we also found that a lot of the information out there is very watered down, Hmm. you know, Oh, you know, you're fighting about socks and you're fighting about, you know, this and that it's like, no, no, we hated each other. And (laughs) a lot of things tell you, um, what to do, but they don't really show you how to do it. And so, what started as a Facebook page many, many years ago, um, you know, one follower became 10,000, became hundreds of thousands. And it was like, wow. And so then we started our blog and then we thought, well, why don't we do videos? We do webcasts and have a monthly membership. Hey, why don't we write a book? Yeah. You know? And so that's yeah. really, it's kind of funny because we both would say we never planned on this. No. This was never our, you know, hey, we're going to help marriages all around the world. But now I can't imagine doing anything different. Yeah, And we get right. to do it together, which is amazing. I think we saw holes where people needed resources. Mm-hmm. And then we just began, we actually looked for, like, here's point to a resource. And there was no resource. For example, you know, even our question book. We're trying to find, like, how how can couples start to talk and connect with each other? And there wasn't really anything good out there. So, we created it. So when we see a need, we just create something. We fill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's brilliant. I mean, any really uber successful entrepreneur, they had that same mindset. It just happened that you had to be super vulnerable and brave in order to, to find that success. And I find that that's so admirable, honestly, because 99% of people out there aren't willing to show their true selves, to show their true relationship because they're afraid of being judged and of shame and, you know, all of that. So what was it about you both that really pushed you past that, that, that cliff really? And to say, okay, here we are. Well, I would say it actually started with me. So she is um, the hero of our story. (laughs) No, truly she is. So, um, by year three, as much as we hated each other, I had hated myself. I was used to be this fun, loving, excitable, um, energetic woman with passion. And I was this depressed, sad, angry, unforgiving, bitter woman. And I really couldn't even look in the mirror and go, like, I recognize you. I didn't even recognize myself. And so I was pointing fingers at him, hoping he was going to go to therapy with me. You know, he's the reason why we're in this marriage and why all our problems exist. (laughs) And finally, I was like, enough is enough. I've got to go and I've got to get help for myself. And that's really when um, it was about a year journey of me reading books, getting rid of some toxic friends that were pushing me to divorce him, Mm. um, 
really, I started working out, started eating clean. Um, I, I really just, I went to therapy, got a mentor in my life. And, you know, the therapist was like, we can sit here and talk about all the wrong your husband's doing, or we can work on you. And I'm like, you know, we need to work on me. Mm. And she was like, because you can have a positive influence on your husband, Mm -hmm. but it has to start with you. And even if your marriage ends, this is really important. I'll never forget this moment. Even if your marriage ends, you will never regret the work you do on yourself. Yeah. And that's really, it was about a year's time. And finally, well, then I, I lost my sparring partner. <laughs> when we would go to the mat on some issues. She would, she wouldn't engage. I was and, no longer triggered. I was yeah. living in forgiveness. I knew how to communicate. And then I got jealous. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I kind of want that confidence. I want that security in, in myself. And so for me, she was a, such a positive influence on me to start looking at myself, all the areas that I minimized the childhood wounds that mm-hmm. really had started to come to the surface. Yeah. And that was time to deal with, with my baggage too. And, and so our tagline now at Marriage 365 is basically, if you want to make a better marriage, make a better you. It has mm. to start with one person. Yeah. Yeah. And so we always say, well, if you're the one reading the post, or you're the one that got your hands on a book, or you're listening to this podcast, you get to choose right now. Like, you know what? It is going to start with me. I get to be the healthy one and I'm going to work on myself and not wait around for my spouse to change because they might never change. Right. Right. And I think that that's, that's so crucial in in everything in life, you know, moving from a victim mentality to one that's empowered changes the game. I mean, it changes everything in your life from your career to obviously relationships. And that, I mean, that's incredible that you had the wherewithal and the self-awareness to do that. And I know like a lot of people go through change when it just gets really bad and you're just tired of being a certain way, but still to do that work and it is work is, is really admirable. So, you know, for the couples that you work with and you coach, you know, what's the most common reason that people are coming to you? What do you see the most? Disconnection. Yeah. Disconnection, emotional disconnection, often with emotional disconnection comes physical disconnection as well. Um, Uh-oh. Yeah, where, you know, the they used to have emotional intimacy. They used to talk and connect and make time for each other. Um, we often say busyness is the number one killer of marriages. Couples are too busy. They don't recognize that they're too busy. They're mm-hmm. just kind of doing life side by side, more like roommates. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day they're like, you know, I don't, I don't know the last time we actually laughed or I don't know the last time we actually like enjoyed being together. And uh, and I would say there was, you know, culturally the way we look at love and the way we celebrate love, we put it on such a high pedestal and such this thrilling mountaintop experience. But the reality of life is embracing the mundane of, you know, it's Tuesday. I got to pack lunch. I got to drive to work. Right. That, that monotony if you're not setting the right expectations for walking into marriage, um, it will kill that love. So the way we date, it's showing up for all the fun stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's showing up for the the date nights. It's the adventures. Um, you know, I officiate weddings for couples and I always get to hear their journey up to marriage. And it's all these stories that make me jealous. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, we traveled to the islands here and we, we, I got engaged under the Eiffel Tower in Paris and, so it's these these thrilling moments, and then we expect that that once we say I do, it's just going to keep being mm-hmm. like that, and it's not. And so the way we date doesn't really properly prepare us for what marriage is going to be like, and we don't educate ourselves 
I think it's a key part of, so what does it take to choose love day in and day out, year after year for the next 50 years? And what we think is, well, it's just going to be one thrilling moment to the next. But when I got to talk to you about your toxic mother-in-law, <laughs> I just want to run for the hills. I don't want to budget with you. I don't want to talk about scheduling. And so a lot of times the disconnection starts to happen right after marriage because the, the, the feelings of love have evaporated because we're no longer dating each other. Yeah. And I would say too, add on to that lust, you know, so much of our connection to the other person is because it is a lustful thing. It's fun. It's sexual. It's hot. And then, yeah, the years wane on and you're like, I don't feel that anymore. I must not be in love with that person. Maybe I never really loved them. Maybe I was just in lust with them. So what are your thoughts on lust versus love? And how do you know the difference? Okay. Well, we, well, we call it the love drug. Don't, I mean, I don't know what you're going to say, but yeah. I, think for, for, I know but there's two of us, right? So you never know what you're going to get with us. Um, I think we call it the love drug. Like there, mm-hmm. I think, I think it is lust. Yes. But I think that there's, there is an, an, an opportunity in a relationship in the beginning where, you know, you really allow yourself to be on the love drug. And that means that your, your partner can do no wrong because love always wins. And, um, I think that we see this, this is why we have an online premarital course because, you know, we're like, Hey, you guys are on the love drug and that's great. But <laughs> reality on the other side, right. Yeah. Is that that goes away and it can come and go. What were you going to say, babe? I just, we call it the love drug. Yeah. I mean, I, I maybe take it to different stance from a guy's perspective, you know, like how do you cultivate a love to last a lifetime where, yeah, you get naked and you're like, okay, those are the same boobs, you know, it's the same body. It's, you know, or aging, right? Like, but for me, the the measure of success is the fact that I'm still woefully in lust with my bride 17 years now, later, even, even as I was on our first night, our wedding night. And the way you cultivate that is by building emotional intimacy. And we just don't have outlets or um, sources of inspiration to teach us how to do that. Models to show us how do we cultivate that emotional intimacy with one another. We, we focus on the pure physical, like, like you were saying, in lust. So during dating, you know, one of the things that we always encounter is the fact that couples introduce sex very early on. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of break this sexual tension and now you're just trying to keep keep the sex alive. So we're not going to talk about things that are going to create conflict. We want to keep the peace because the sex is great. But once you get married, you got to deal with all the hard stuff. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. No. And I think that that's, that's the key thing is that emotional intimacy creates physical intimacy. Right. And if you focus solely on the lust, the love drug, the physical intimacy, whatever you want to call it, right that will fizzle out eventually. Yeah. You have to focus on the emotional connection, the friendship at the core of the relationship. And now a quick break with a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Best Fiends. And what is Best Fiends? Well, it's a puzzle game that you can play right on your phone. And it's really cool because you go through all these levels solving challenging puzzles that actually engage your brain. But it's also a casual game that anyone can play and it's really, really fun. I just made it to level 30 and only started playing a few days ago. So that's a good indication of how fast and fun this game really is. And I'm glad that I can do something besides 
besides scroll mindlessly on social media or do a deep dive into my emails. That's never fun and gets old really fast. So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Check it out. Okay, so for the woman listening or man, um, how do you do that? You know, like, I totally agree with you, but okay, how do you actually do that? Because that's, I think, what's hanging up so many people. They're like, I love it. It sounds great. But okay, so give me a step by step. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So funny enough, our name, right? Marriage 365. So intention 365 days a year. Okay, right. A little bit of effort goes a long way in a marriage. Um, And so we actually wrote a book. It's called 365 Connecting Questions for Couples for that purpose, because this book, we use our, the, our own book. Yeah, like we when do. we go on date nights, you know, our babysitters are like, are you guys reading your own book? I'm like, we do, <laughs> we do, we take it on our own date nights. So it's a question a day and that they're open-ended questions. It's the number one way actually in any relationship with your children. We have a book for kids as well, um, for your, with your parents, with your coworkers. Mm. But if you really, if you think about it, you ask an open-ended question, it's showing desire, It shows that you care about what your spouse thinks, feels, fears, you know? And I think that, again, going back to the dating years, that's what you're doing. You're discovering each other. We stop discovering each other. And our conversations become all transactional. Are you picking up the dry cleaning? Hey, it's my mom's birthday this weekend. We need to get her a present. Um, Hey, uh, so-and-so has a diaper rash and I need you to go to the store (laughs) and get diaper rash cream, right? And it becomes very transactional. which is why it's deceiving because it seems like you're doing life together and you are, but you're more like roommates. And so we need to bring it to a heart to heart level, an emotional connection where you are talking about not just the mundane parts of life, but more than that. And that's why we created all these questions. And that's why we exist. We have hundreds of resources, blogs, our monthly membership. I mean, you name it, we've got something for you because that truly is what makes a marriage last. Yeah, what we've seen really successful couples is, I think, two qualities, uh, a never-ending sense of curiosity, right? Um, because who you were when you were, when we were dating, mm-hmm. right? We're very different people. Yes, I was a mm-hmm. teenager when we were dating. <laughs> yes, very different. So, so I now. see cu- successful and thriving couples, they, they never stop that sense of curiosity. And I think when you talked about busyness, um, it's also kind of blend, blends into emotional laziness where, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, you know, you're the same face I wake up to day after day, year after year. Um, but successful couples are, are, are maintain that sense of curiosity. The other thing is, like what you're saying, babe, was when you ask a question, very simple thing, it's not a very complex, just a question, right? But it shows desire. And I think those successful couples continue to express their desire for one another. And in that to me is it, it's like, you're, you're worth the pursuit. You're yes. worthy of my love. Because I love it, you. Because right? it feels good to know that your spouse still desires you. We yeah. already know that we desire each other when we're dating and yeah. engaged mm-hmm. and even maybe newlyweds, but you know, when you're in the parenting years, you know, especially uh, I would say, yeah, it's like you're, you're, you need to know, like, you still desire me. That feels so good. Which, if I can talk to the husbands, if they're listening to this, I think this is one of the biggest keys that we can learn as men, that our 
our wives long for that emotional connection in order to open up to us sexually, right? Because they can feel safe. Like, wow, he, he desires my heart, not just my pants. Mm-hmm. And, and that pursuit to me is like the one, if there's one advice to husbands, I'd say is focus on that. And then you will get the, you know, the carrot behind that stick or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's true though. I mean, you're a hundred percent right. It's for women, especially like we crave as feminine creatures, that mental emotional connection. Like any woman I talk to always talks about how bored she is or how, you know, lackadaisical her relationship is. And I think it's because they're not having these conversations. They're not asking each other questions. And really, you know, even a best friend, I would think of like, you don't, how well do you really know that person? You know, and we all change and we all change our mind and we grow as the years go on. So, yeah, I mean, to not keep up with that, to not do that gardening, essentially, you're going to end up strangers. And and that's probably why the divorce rate is so high. So talk to us about some success stories that you guys have had with the people that you coach, not using specific names, uh, <laughs> but some turnarounds, some major turnarounds that you've seen through your work. Well, can, well let me say something. I would, I would say that when you work with marriages, um, we've seen it all. I mean, nothing at this point shocks us. I mean, there are some stories that come in that are, that are interesting. Um, but at this point we've heard it all. And I, I think all the stories for me, and I, I want you to share your own, but I think for me, um, there's been two specific couples that were separated that were actually like, you guys are our last effort. And, and they binge watched like all of our webcasts and, here they are separated and they weren't separated to like restart their marriage. They were separated, like heading towards divorce. Right. Yeah. And see that they just were like, okay, we're going to try one more time. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, you can just try one more time and just trust us in this process. And then we kind of guided them which videos to watch and and which questions to go through and all that stuff. And the fact that they're still married and they're actually happily married. Mm -hmm. Um, We got an email. No, no, not an email. It was like, well, it was an email, but it was um, from one of their kids. And remember that? And it was, they have three kids and it was like, mm. this is what my daughter wanted to say to you. And the, the mom wrote it for her daughter, you know, but she, it was, she was like a 10 year old or I don't know, something like that. And she just said like, thank you for getting my mom and dad happy. I've never seen them smile this much. Like, and that to me was one of those stories that I'll never forget mm-hmm. that we impacted, not just the couple, this is impacting families, mm-hmm. this is impacting communities, you know, and that was really powerful. I, I'm just going to say that my own story is the success story that, that I, mm. I carry with me. I feel like when you reach millions of people, it's, it feels like you're flooded with stories and you get hundreds of messages on Instagram all the time. So it's, it's kind of it like comes at so, so, so much. But one of the driving forces for me that I carry kind of deep inside my heart um, of why I do what I do is, is this dream that I had as a young boy, cause my parents got divorced when I was six and um, my mom subsequently is on her sixth marriage today. So I watched men come in and out of my life and my mom was working mom. So I was constantly being like left to the side. And I had this dream that was constant in my life. And that was my mom and dad being back together again, even in the midst of another husband. And I, that's a painful dream to constantly, when I, when I access that dream, it's hard not to be emotional mm-hmm. because it was the unrequited dream. It never was fulfilled. And so 
the fact that my children don't have to have that kind of nightmare um, that Megan and I, you know, I feel like I'm the biggest beneficiary of what we do at Marriage 365. Even mm-hmm. as I'm talking about communication, I'm like thinking like, oh yeah, I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and it's good. It's good mm-hmm. that I'm constantly being reminded of that. At, even as I teach that, mm-hmm. um, that, that Megan and I, I cannot believe we're 17 years married. That just to me is, I wake up. Well, you up, look I, like babies, first of all. So that's <laughs> shocking alone. Yes. Well, we're college sweethearts. So we did meet in college and we did yeah. get married younger, but yeah, between both sets of our parents, there's 12 marriages. And so we only knew divorce and chaos. And so to see how far we've come. And I think that that's why, yeah, you're right, babe. I mean, our story is one that excites people because truly we are the least likely couple to succeed. I mean, we really are. And we have everything against us. And I think that um, we even live in Orange County, California with a 72% divorce rate. I mean, just our County alone, right? It's just everyone's divorcing. And I think that how far we've come and what we've learned um, it does inspire. And I think it's a, it, it is a daily reminder as you teach on marriage to also know what you're teaching on means that you have to work on it yourself, you know? And so, yeah. Well, and I think that's honestly why your brand has grown as big as it has because people see truth and it's real people on the field of battle doing it day in and day out and, and being real with people like that, that's truth. And that's authenticity. Like really, like everyone's tried to be authentic nowadays on Instagram, social media, and you can see through it and what you guys are doing is truth. So yeah, I'm about it. Oh, so beautiful. Um, So if there were one thing that you wanted to leave with the listener, woman or man or their children, any kind of impact, what would you want her to remember from this talk? You can't say just one thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the questions with this. Um, We, we, I mean, I would, I would say this, I think we already touched on it, but if you want to make a better marriage, make a better you. I think that at the end of the day, you have no control over your spouse, Mm -hmm. but what you do have control over is your words your actions, your attitude, your forgiveness, your tone, your communication, your habits. And I think that when you can begin to say, I am going to take control of my life and I'm going to be the healthiest version of myself, it's very empowering. And it also is motivating because once you are not triggered by your spouse or, you know, you communicate it in a healthy way, you walk away going, man, like, that was motivating. I want to learn more. I want to be Mm -hmm. a better human being. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, that would be my one advice. If I could only have one of the questions that I always ask people is if you could have all the billboards all around the world for one day, what would your message be? Right. Mm -hmm. And I think I would put like, if you want to have a good marriage, make a better you, you know, I think I, that would be mine. (laughs) What do you say, babe? Um, (laughs) I think, um, you know, the realization that love is not just based off of emotion feelings. Um, if, if that is the case, you are going to be all over the place. So to become grounded, um, and a more confident person in your life and the choices that you make in life, it requires courage. It requires courage to step into saying like, I'm going to choose love. I'm going to choose love, whether you're 
single married, divorced, dating, it, it doesn't matter in the relationships that you have, you have to choose love. In fact, I, I got that tattooed on my body because I, I wanted a reminder that I choose love every single day. And that choice does require, again, courage, which mm-hmm. we define courage as choosing what is right over what is easy. Um, it requires discipline and, and that discipline requires intention, right? To be disciplined with like my diet, the way I exercise, I, there's a discipline to that with forethought. And I think it requires just a gut level check to, to mm-hmm. see like, hey, am I going to actively engage in my life and the people around me? And I think when you, when you choose love, that means you're going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be things you're going to do that you don't want to do or that are uncomfortable. And you're going to have to say, you know what? The greater good here is that I get to be married and happily married. Do I really want to come home? Okay, here's a great example. When I come home from work, I don't want to engage with my husband. I want to sit down on the couch and scroll on social media and look at cute puppies because that's my guilty pleasure. (laughs) I love dogs. Okay. So that's what I really want to do, right? But I haven't seen them all day. Well, we work together, but this is when we didn't work together, right? The best thing for me to do is come in and give him a hug. Mm-hmm. And say, how was your day? Can I help with dinner? You know, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the integrity, right? Doing what's right over what's easy. There's so many opportunities that we have on a daily basis in our relationship with our spouse that we can say the easier thing is to avoid the issue. The easier thing is to get my phone out and scroll. The easier thing, right. Is to look at my kids and play with my kids. But you know mm-hmm. what? I know that there's something going on. I know that there's some disconnection and I'm going to lean into being uncomfortable and I'm going to choose love in this moment. And I, if you can do that. And, it, and yeah. I tell you, there's no one that's perfect at that. Us saying this, there are days that we do what's, what's easy over what's right. But then there's more pain mm-hmm. of regret after that. And so I think it's really important to just know that that's an ongoing thing for your whole life in all relationships. And I think that, you know, in the me generation, um, being uncomfortable is not an easy thing to do. Very practical parenting moment just happened this week. My daughter's in water polo and she thought it was really cool that she could, cause she's a swimmer. So she can swim. She'd be fast. And you know, this week she wanted to quit the team because she said, dad, it's getting really hard. And I really mm-hmm. liked it when it was fun. And I, I had a talk with her about, Hey, listen, like you're not going to quit mid season. And kind of like, if you want to do something great in your life, if you want to be great and leave a legacy of love for others in your life, you have to lean in, in those uncomfortable spots. And again, I'd say, Pop culture says, you know, seek your own happiness and, you know, you be you. Well, what if you are an asshole, right? (laughs) You, you being you is just you being selfish. And that's really what we're seeing is a lot of people are using what Hollywood and, and social media is saying about those messages, but that there's, there's so many bad long-term effects to that mindset. And yes, well, I, I hear you could kind of tweak it and make it good overall in marriage. That actually doesn't work. Right. And, and if you want a successful marriage, there's compromise, there's mm-hmm. give and take some days it's, you know, he gets, and I don't even want to say his way or my way. It's more so like, let's find a way that works for both of us. It's, it's making space for another person. Yeah. And that in the me generation does not come natural or easy. 
And it was the same thing with my daughter. I said, you know, you have to make space that you're part of a team. And just in marriage, you're part of a team. It's not about you. It's about you working together as a team and achieving something together. And that is a legacy worth fighting for. I would like to say she is our daughter. I birthed her. <laughs> I know you keep saying, she was a part of this. My, I was well, a part of this. You keep saying my daughter. I'm like, you know, I gave birth when and I had to throw up for nine months. When she gives the attitude, she's your daughter, okay? <laughs> yeah. When she's bad, I'm like, that's your son. This is your daughter. Right, right. right. Same, same. Everyone does that, by yeah, the way. Yeah. But no, it seems like it's really like a concerted effort to quiet the ego, you know, because again, like if it ends up being two egos, going to battle, which is what egos do. That's the nature of the ego. Like everyone's going to be miserable. So it seems like what we did the first few years of our marriage. I think that's what everybody does. I think that's what everybody, because you don't know, no one teaches this stuff, you know, even in these premarital counseling sessions, you know, that churches have and things like that. Like, I don't think that this is really being covered, not intensively, like what you guys are doing. You've heard the old adage that, uh, you know, being married is about becoming one. And in the early years, it's about figuring out which one. Yeah. Yeah. Is it me? Yeah. Yeah. The controlled wife or the henpecked husband? Like, what do you want? Like, what's the result? When you officiate weddings, do you kind of, do you, do you preach this? Do you try to warn them, to tell them, to teach them if they haven't already been through your advocates on premarital counseling? I mean, we, we push, like if someone is listening and, and they're not married yet, I would say the best thing you can do is have some kind of premarital education because it's not that it's going to tell you, oh, you're marrying the wrong person. It's saying, these are all the different topics that you need to discuss before you get married. And if something comes up, then just know that it's going to probably be an issue in marriage and to have a plan and just say like, Hey, this is where we're both stubborn about. Let's go in with eyes wide open versus like avoiding it and ignoring it. So, but I would say to your question in my ceremonies, you know, my, my focus is on the couple's story and when I do remind them what it takes to, to be married, I do actually talk about the courage to choose love and not just feel love. Mm. Um, I try not to dash the, the yeah, the <laughs> dampen the mood. On their <laughs> most exciting day, but I, I, I'm not shy to talk about the courage, discipline, about leaning into the uncomfortable spots. Can I give one, can I give another piece of advice? Yes. Okay. Because I think that this just like, I I wanted to say this earlier and that slipped my mind. So, you know, you're married, you have a conflict, there's an issue that comes up. So spouse number one, it's, you know, option A, right? Like we need to do this. Spouse number two is option B. And often it's, which ones are we going to do? Wait, are we going to get your way or my way? But there's a whole other you know, I say like for the alphabet, right? Option A and B. And then there's a whole C through Z. There's so many other options to the problem that you're facing. And most couples focus on one spouse or the other spouse. And I would say that that's where brainstorming is phenomenal and being able to know how to communicate and talk because it's like, hey, well, what about this idea? Like there's so many times where both of our ideas, we look back and go, wow, I'm glad we thought of another idea because it was even better. And then we say that if you can't think of any, that's where life and marriage coaching and counseling is great because having a third set of eyes on the problem that's, that's removed from the emotional part of your marriage that says, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you guys, have you ever thought and tried this option? People go, Oh my goodness. And that's a lot of what we do as well. But I would say that if you and your spouse are disagreeing on something and, and, and it feels like, man, well, if my spouse gets their way, then I don't get my way. Let's maybe look at a lot of other options. 
and possibilities out there. And I think couples get really stuck in that. And I know that we did, and we still do, we still can sometimes and go, wait, 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 there's got to be another option to this. So that's what I wanted to say. (laughs) No, I love that. And and to be able to be courageous enough to seek outside help. I think that that's the number one thing, especially for men, I'm going to put it out there to go to counseling to a lot of people feels like we're, we're, we're failing, you know, we're failing this. We shouldn't need counseling, which I think is total bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. We agree. Um, a hundred percent. So, okay. So I do have some rapid fire questions for you if you're ready. Oh, we're ready. <laughs> ready <aim fire. laughs> okay. A good marriage is selfless, courageous. Hmm. I'm grateful for sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oral sex. (laughs) (laughs) I love you. (laughs) Okay. And lastly, what is something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? Oh, it's not about me. You know, it's not about being interesting. It's about being interested in others. It's about me serving my family. Well, it's about me raising two kids to see them succeed and being a platform for them to succeed and not just that they are my identity and that, you know, there's some sort of reward that I get, but it's about helping them launch well into life. Mine would be don't worry about the things that don't need to be worried about. Mm. I spent way too much time in my twenties worrying about things, worrying about what other people thought of me, um, worrying about all the diseases my daughter might be able to get because I didn't do this or that. And, and there's so much that I spent time worrying and I regret that time and kind of going back to the control. I'm a, I call myself a re- recovering control freak. Um, I spent way too long trying to control everything, every circumstance, every relationship. Um, and I almost killed myself by doing that mm-hmm. and letting go of a lot is very freeing. It's very hard. I still work at it on a daily basis, but that has brought so much freedom into my life of giving up control. I love that. So beautifully said. I think a lot of women and men can relate to that. Um, So for the listener who wants to find out more about you, maybe work with you, read your books, take them on date nights, uh, where can they find you? Uh, head to marriage365.org. That's our website. It's got our store where you can buy our books. We have some great online courses. Um, again, we have our premarital course. We have an affair recovery course. We've got reigniting your sexual intimacy course. Everything mostly is online. Um, and healthy, healthy husband's course. We have a husband's course. <laughs> we have, I have a course for women who are like, I want to grow in my self-awareness. It's called Contagious Confidence. We also um, do events and speak and all that stuff. So all of that can be found at marriage365.org. And of course, I always say, you know, social media, we're trying to use it as a positive platform in the world and a great place to follow us would be on Instagram or Facebook as well. I love it. And that's how I found you. And I'm so glad that I did. You guys are really light workers in the world. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much, Liz, for having us. Thanks, Liz. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend to 
tag us on your Instagram stories. That's a great way to support the show. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss out on a morning meditation or on an interview with an incredible person doing incredible work in the world. Um, And if you haven't already, um, please hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts because it really does uh, boost the show's rating and just it gets the message out to more and more listeners. So thank you.